Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we want to talk about the bane of existence when it comes to hiring salespeople. I mean, it's so hard to pick someone that's going to be the right fit for your company culturally. Also, will they actually perform? Because oftentimes, you know, everyone looks good on paper and looks and sounds great on an interview, then you hire them. And in sales, sometimes you don't know for six months or nine months into the journey that, oh my God, I made a mistake. And it can be costly, it can demoralize the team, and it can financially impact the company in a significant way. And just before I let Stacy come on, there's just one other data point I wanted to share that the cost of replacing a salesperson, according to back then, the uh, Society for Training and Development was 250% of the annual salary, uh, which is a significant investment, especially if you make the wrong decision. Stacy, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. And yes, that statistic, I hope, causes everyone to stop in their tracks and, and pay attention. Yeah, because it seems like, you know, oh, we're losing Bill and that's going to be okay, but uh, we'll find somebody else. And it's like, good luck because finding great salespeople, it's hard to find because either they're, they've started their own businesses or they gainfully employed and setting the world on fire for someone else. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I always say that it is the sales training that's actually causing people to leave the sales profession. Sacrilege. How dare you say that? Tell me why. (laughs) What are you thinking? All right. It comes back to psychology. Most sales training programs are the same sales training programs that have been taught for 50, 60, 70 years. Mm -hmm. There are two things that salespeople get taught right away. Mm -hmm. How to memorize a script in order to overcome objections. Now, training people to expect a no is immediately debilitating to that person. Psychologists have done tons of studies. The word no, N-O, people will, most people will avoid at all costs. So let's think about this. A lot of people go into sales because they're good with people. They love people. Right. They don't want to produce a no from somebody they're talking to. The natural state of affairs of a human being is collaboration. So they're immediately taught to go against their nature that sales creates them to be somebody they're not and to get used to it, grow thick skin because you can expect to get no's. Also, and what so I say is, isn't that ludicrous? 
So let's kind of examine that. So uh, right now I could pick up the phone. There is a bunch of companies right behind me in office buildings, and I could call them and go for an appointment. Uh, out of uh, 20 calls, how many do you think would say, oh my God, Umar, we've been waiting for you all our lives. Come see us. Not a lot, right? I, it's, I would, well, the statistic is always 10% if you're lucky, closer to one to right. 3%, right? And- it isn't so much that the person saying, oh, my God, I have to talk to you. It's you probably got a person who doesn't know how to say no. There are still a lot of people who don't know how to say no. That doesn't mean they're saying yes. True. So help me uh, balance the two. So you're saying training salespeople to handle objections uh, is a bad thing, but yet they're going to experience a lot of people saying no thanks. And it's- No. If, if you follow the old school, yes. You asked me to... What do you do instead? And I'm going to share this with you. So especially with the rise of social media, it is very, very easy now to go and research the people we want to have conversations with beforehand. It is very easy to start following what they're putting out there. It is very easy to find out how they want to be contacted. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to ask them questions through social media, not the questions that I get all the time on LinkedIn. Are you looking for somebody who does da 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 It's like, that's not the question I want to be asked. I want to be asked, I understand your position in the company is X. Would you be open to sharing with me what are some of the challenges you're facing when it comes to whatever I'm selling. So let's say I'm selling copiers. I understand your department is the department that purchases the copiers for your organization. May I ask you what copiers you have in place now and what challenges or difficulties you may be having with those copiers? I might be able to help you resolve those problems. Like there's a question to put out there. And if the person wants to talk about their copier situation, they'll let you know. So uh, hold on just for a second. Uh, So I'll tell you something I saw the other day. I was uh, driving by and I saw this sign and I didn't have time to take a picture of it. But it's one of those stickers on a traffic light. You know, when you're waiting, somebody stuck on, uh, if you have a noisy bathroom fan, I can help. Yes. Which have been a totally... Useless message for anybody that doesn't have a noisy fan. Exactly. For anybody that does, it would have been like, holy crap, I don't care if they're honking, I'm going to dial that number. So yeah, if you hit them with the right question at the right time, uh, it's totally genius. So let's take a look at the numbers. What is your best guess? A salesperson using social media like LinkedIn to ask that copier question out of uh, 10 uh, questions, what percentage do you think they'd get interaction? It's you know, I said the other time, we know what the statistics are, but I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that if they've looked at their LinkedIn profile and they're sure the person is interacting on LinkedIn often, mm-hmm. if they have put something in their inquiry that relates back to exactly what the person said in their profile, their LinkedIn profile page, then the likelihood is 50% or more, that's been my average, 50% or more will respond because you're talking about 
them, not about you to start with. All right. So let's kind of break that down because the reason we're kind of dwelling on it is because this is really, really important for people to get. So let's say there was an office manager at a law firm and they're in charge of copiers. And what might they post? So we know what they do. They're office managers for a law firm. And then what might they post that would give you a clue that this might be a good candidate for my photocopier question? Okay. Well, normally if they've got a LinkedIn profile, and they're an office manager, they're going to say, this is the firm that they work for. They probably are not posting anything that's a thought of a thought leadership point of view. They may mm-hmm. be reposting other people's information, but they're going to tell you who they work for. Now you can go research the company, the mm-hmm. law firm. What kinds of clients do they have? What kind of workload is out there? And so when you're contacting the office manager, if you're the one selling the copiers, then you would say, I'm reaching out to you because I understand your firm works for these very large, prominent clients. I'm sure you must do a lot of copying. Hopefully you know a lot about legal documents and if you're representing copiers. And I know you're the office manager, which means you're the person most likely to make the decisions. I would love to know what challenges you're having with the copiers you have now. That would be how you would start the conversation. Okay, good. So you wouldn't know that they have a problem, but you'd know this is their job, this is what they do. And so the likelihood goes up. And especially if they interact, and I think uh, what's kind of interesting is this, is you and I could be sitting on a plane. And it's like a nice lady, nice man. And it's like, hey, Stacy, how are you? I'm fine. Umar, how are you? Great. Now shut up and let me be on the flight. But it's like, uh, oh, uh, I'm in Toronto. Oh, my God, that's my second favorite city. Then all of a sudden we'll be chit-chatting away because we're part of the tribe. And uh, so, yeah, so it's like, do you have a problem, issues? Let me know. And it's like, oh, my God, somebody is syncing up with me and they want to have that conversation. Right. And, And so that's through social media. What I also used to happen, and I'm not sure it's happening as much anymore, is getting involved with the associations that support the people who, with the job titles, you want to You have the target. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like right there, that association is doing a ton of research on whatever that job title is and those people because they want to keep those people as members. Partnering. With the association is another way to be able to jump the hurdle, to be able to be seen as somebody who's already serving those folks with that job title and that job function so that you, if you're reading what the association is saying about those folks in that position and those companies, Mm. you're going to have lots to talk to them about. You don't have to say hey, here's my company and this is why we're better than another one. You can say, I know you're a member of the such and such association. I'm very much involved too. And what is the value that you're getting out of the association? Or did you see this article that the association published? Being of value and like you said, being part of the tribe, very important. And I think another part that uh, there's a ton of data out there in the world to get but a lot of that data is useless unless you have the ability to gain insight from that data. And I think when you share those ideas with uh, your office managers or whoever your target is, and you give them the insight that that data means, 
is a huge value to them. It's like, oh, okay, so I'm being underpaid here. Uh, this will help me get a raise, or uh, or here's a new trend coming. Like we're going to have to like secure uh, copies because of security concerns, and this is an article around that. I thought you'd find it useful. Is uh, is huge in building that relationship. Exactly. That's valuable content of interest to them. And what's not of interest to them is a product brochure. <laughs> that is not of interest to them at the beginning when we're building relationship. It's exactly the kind that you just talked about. So right behind me is a building with a big uh, sign on it. It says Salesforce. So somewhere in that building, they have several floors, I'm sure. And that's going to be my next target is going to be Salesforce. If you're out there, Salesforce, know that I'm coming for you. Uh, so certainly I'll be reaching out to the sales leaders there because, you know, we play in the sales area as, uh, as you do, Stacey. Yes. And so part of the strategy is Sales Navigator to identify who the 10 or so people are that we want to uh, engage with. Yes. Uh, we'll be uh, connecting on LinkedIn. Yes. And what we do or what I do is what we're doing right now is having you on a podcast. And adding value to the world. And that's been a good strategy for us for getting conversations and connections and relationships with the people we want to do business with. And part of that is them directly. And part of that is bringing brilliant people like you on oh, that are you. talking about the issues that their salespeople are facing. Yes. it's it, And this is value-added content, being not only inviting them to come on, but also sharing the episodes with them. Does your sales team know about this podcast, which might all the experts here, and you're actually saving them money on sales training. Like you can yep. take your podcast, go to sales managers and say, I'm reaching out to make sure you know about my podcast. I bring guests on and that would save you thousands of dollars in bringing them into your organization to get the same information. Here's the link. Please feel free to share with your sales team. All right. You can do a mic drop and leave now. <laughs> <laughs> So Stacey, why don't you and I, uh, uh, we're going to go after the real estate business. Yes. We're going after realtors and team leaders. Yes. And so you and I are going to strategize how to go do that. The one Did thing I like about realtors. Realtor? So I have oh, kind of an inside track on oh, this nice. one. So you're sleeping with the enemy. I love that. <laughs> uh, so uh, one of the nice things about realtors, like when you have pharmaceutical reps, it's kind of hard to find them, but realtors oh, put their- I was just kidding. Compared okay. to realtors, they put their faces on a bus with a telephone number. Yeah. Uh, and so realtors are super easy. They're like, uh, they want to be found. They give you the email, the Instagram, their telephone number. They answer the phone 24-7. It's like totally amazing. Yes. So we want to do a campaign using social media to reach out to, let's say, the top 200 realtors in America. We know what the list is because a lot of organizations do that. And now we want to head out and go get them. Uh, what okay, would you? So, so there's terminology you're using that I cannot get behind because oh, I, good. this is where I shift. So I'm going to be the paradigm shifter here. Yes. I don't think of it as a campaign. First mm -hmm. off, I take campaign out. I know who my ideal audience is. I also don't use the word target because nobody mm -hmm. likes to feel like they've got a target on their head. So, and this is attractive women looking for me, in which case I'm quite happy. Thank you very much. But please <laughs> go on. Noted. Get the point. Yes. Really noted. That for my ideal, what I'm looking for is who matches my ideal audience profile. 
Mm-hmm. And if salespeople thought about it like that, these are people who are going to be future, they're going to be friends in the future. So I'm looking for who matches my friendship profile. Obviously, mm-hmm. the friendship is going to start around solving the problem of the person with my product or my service. I yes. know that. It, still, the friendship concept put in the brain makes us do things differently than we would if we thought we were going to do battle. So I want to say yeah. that first. Hold that thought just for a second. Uh, Stacy. can you and I sleep together? And of course, I'm kidding. Don't get your husband to come get me. But sometimes when we go into sales, it's like, buy my thing. It's like just right out of the gate. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's right. We haven't had a coffee yet. That's you right. don't know me. I don't know you. And if we did it in a social situation, everyone would go, no, no, that's don't do that. That's bad. But somehow in sales, oftentimes people go for a, hi, I help realtors double day of sales and you can get this amazing course. And it's like, I don't even know who you are. And so, yeah, definitely. Okay. And having that filter of friends makes perfect sense. I love it. And especially with realtors, because a lot of realtors didn't go to business school. They don't Mm -hmm. come from a corporate background. They, they got into their, this realm because they do love people and they do want to help people either get into their best homes or if they're in commercial real estate, yes, you can be a little more busyness over there. And I'm saying most realtors are dealing in the residential arena. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a product or a service that helps realtors be more successful, we have to approach them the way they would want to approach their clients. And that is through getting to know them personally. Now, the beautiful thing, like you said about realtors, is one of the things they've done very well is they've gotten on social media. Mm-hmm. Because it really, for them, other than you know going to all sorts of different in-person events during what's happened the last couple of years when they couldn't do that, they had to learn social media. So it is very easy to identify who they are, what they sell, and how they present themselves. So being able to connect with them to find out why did you become a realtor in the first place? Like, they don't get asked that question. It's like, yeah, I've got a service, but before I even see if it's for you, I'd love to know why did you become a realtor in the first place? That's a That's a really good question. We've spoken to thousands of realtors and not once have I really asked that question. They would love to tell you there's always yeah. a personal story with a realtor as to why they became a realtor. Now, if it was a nurse, I, that would be the first question I asked. I never thought about realtors doing that because for nurses, it's typically this is the kind of response. I was five years old. My dad had a heart attack and we went to the hospital and the nurses looked after him so well that I knew when I was five that I was going to be a nurse. And for realtors, I'll start asking that. It'll be fun. What did your husband get into? They will start, they will want to know that. Why did you become a realtor? The second is, who's the perfect type of client for you? Not Mm -hmm. every realtor has the same type of client. I'd love to know. And then the third question, how's it going for you? How's the market been for you? Those three questions, they'll answer them. Like now, Mm -hmm. so if we're talking realtors now versus an office manager in a law firm, you can probably expect a 90% return rate because you haven't started promoting your asking. 
And a realtor knows that anybody they talk to could know somebody that could refer to them if they're in the same area. Another question is, do you refer people to other areas? Or do you only work with clients in your area? Or do you, you know, if you hear of a client moving out of your area, do you do referrals? So there you go. Four questions that gets them talking about themselves so you can learn more about their business. And then there's the reciprocity factor. They're going to start asking you, Umar. You ask them, they're going to say, so tell me about you. Why do you do what you do? And now friendship has begun. Ah, love it. It's simple, it's straightforward. It's what your mom taught you when you were four. That's exactly it. That's what I say. Everybody knows how to make a friend. Well, not everybody. Some people do have a little bit of difficulty. Those are not people likely to go into sales because they know it's difficult for them. But other people who have made at least one friend in their life know how to do this. Absolutely. So Stacy, what brings you joy in your work? The ability to see people come back to having satisfaction as a salesperson, to feel self-respect again, to feel self-confidence again. For when they tell me that they're able to stay consistent with their activities because they're not worried about people saying no to them anymore. They're, they're not even asking those questions anymore. They're asking questions that people are going to open up and talk to them about. When they tell me that they're getting to know their audience, the audience is starting to like them, and there's trust being built. So that when now they make a suggestion, this yesterday, I've been friending somebody for, we really have a good friendship now, hadn't bought anything from me. Yesterday, she told me she was suffering with a personal issue. I made a suggestion. I said, have you ever thought about this? No. What is it? I gave the website. I said, this is where I buy it. She bought it like that. Now, it was a small priced item, but that's just going to lead to more purchases. Absolutely. For sure. That's what sales is supposed to be. A problem-solving suggestion, not a pushy advertisement. Love it. What is one piece of advice you'd like to give salespeople that would allow them to be better, stronger, faster, sexier? Okay. Well, this is going to blow them a little bit out of the water. And sales managers, put your fingers in your ears. Stop getting out of your comfort zone. It's what my book is about, Selling from Your Comfort Zone. Stop mm. getting out of your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is where your skills are, your talents are, your confidences, your core values are. It's your power zone. Stop trying to be somebody else's version of who you should be. Get back to doing things the way you know how to do them in a comfortable manner. Just do more of it. Just do more of it. And watch how you have more sales, more satisfaction, and more success. Stacy, that was – oh, well, thanks a lot. You left the best part for the end of the thing. And so we're going to have to con you, we're gonna have to invite you back to come on to get more of this. <laughs> you Stacey, don't have to con me. I'll come back. All right. Brilliant. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Really appreciated it and enjoyed it. And uh, in that last bit, it's going to be a clip we'll be sharing with a lot of people. So uh, – 
Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I, I loved your questions and, and I look forward to hearing how it goes with those realtors and with Salesforce. Tell them I said hi. I will certainly say that. Take care, Tracy. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 